I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with a caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to 2017. This is episode 50, which means Date Yourself Radio is almost a year old. Holy cow. I'm so appreciative to all of you listening because obviously this podcast would not be where it is without your support, feedback, and of course, reviews. So if you've been listening to the show for a while and you love it, I would be so grateful for a five-star review. Just search Date Yourself Radio in iTunes, tap review, and then tap five stars. And if you have an extra minute, you can also leave a review. This helps me to reach more women and to grow our Date Yourself community. So truth be told, I'm actually recording this intro in December, but even as early as mid-December, I always start to think about what I want next year to look and feel like, and that's what I've been doing a lot these past couple of weeks as we wrap up 2016 and move into 2017. So for the past few years, instead of setting New Year's goals or resolutions, I really like the idea of coming up with a word that sets my intention for the year. And then that way I can continue to set personal and professional goals throughout the year, but I always make sure that they align with the intention or my um, theme of that year. So last year, my word was growth. Growth. 
I had just transitioned from health coaching to dating coaching, and I really just wanted to expand the community and grow my business and also grow personally as I moved more into this field of dating and relationships. And I think I've done that pretty well. The Date Yourself community has 10x, largely thanks to this podcast. I've had dozens of women go through my signature program, the Dating Mindset Bootcamp, and in my own personal life, my relationship has grown more than I could have ever imagined. I also got engaged. I think that's growing the relationship, taking it to the next level. So next year, my intention is connection, and that's really what I want all of my goals in 2017, whether personal or professional, to tie back to. So personally, I hope to strengthen the connection I have with myself, to Stevie, and also to connect with other entrepreneurs, both online and off, and to continue nurturing and growing my local community where I live with friends and building my Jewish community as well as my yoga community. And in my business, I really want to connect with more of my listeners and subscribers. So I'm talking to you. If we've never met before, if you've never reached out, said hello, I really want to know who you are, why you listen to the podcast, and just more of what your story is. So please come over to either my Instagram, and my handle is at Veronica E. Grant, and leave me a comment on one of my pictures telling me a little bit about who you are. Or you can send me an email at hello at veronicagrant.com. And again, just tell me who you are, maybe your favorite episode and what you, maybe what your intention is for 2017, what your word is. I really do want to know. And I'm going to respond or reply to every email or comment I get on Instagram. So please, please say hello. Okay. With that being said, And with the new year upon us, I want to support you in reaching your goals or intentions this year. And with the energy of the new year and new year's resolutions, I really do think there is no better time to hire a coach because you are just inspired and energized by all of this type of new year's energy that you are just surrounded with. And so as a coach, I can help you stay focused and accountable to yourself, see your blind spots for you, help you see what your blocks are that are preventing love from coming in so that you can finally make 2017 the year you're able to find and keep your perfect for you relationship. So if you're interested in learning more and inquiring about working together and what that would look like, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, and there's a form there. Just fill it out, a few questions that I want to know, and then I will be in touch with you within one to two business days about setting up a clarity session to see if we would be a good fit to work together. It's really all no no obligation at all, just an opportunity for us to get to know each other and see where you are, where you want to go, what's blocking you to make sure that I can help you get to where you want to go and to make sure that you uh, like me and trust me enough to be your coach. So please don't delay on this. If this sounds like something you want to bring into your 2017, I will get a lot of interest. I know um, with it being the new year and I only have enough spots for about four women. So again, the link to apply to work with me one-on-one is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Okay, so on to the show today, I have with me Tiffany Walker from poppandbanter.com, and she's a strategist for working moms and has a lot to share about that age-old dilemma of love or career and being the breadwinner for her family. So lots of good stuff in today's episode. 
And she's also really good at helping women find work-life balance. So I thought this would really be the perfect topic to kick off the new year, especially if you want to have more balance in 2017 or expand your um, identity or just how you live your life beyond just what you do in your career every single day. So as you're listening in, I want you to consider these questions. Is your career your identity? Do you introduce yourself by telling people what you do instead of who you are? Does your schedule and the way you spend every single day and every single week reflect your goals and dreams for your life, or does it reflect what your boss, your friends, or your family think you should be doing? Do you believe you don't have time to date or that you have to choose between love and money or a family and career? And are you afraid your career or financial success intimidates men? So keep these in mind and let's get right to my conversation with Tiffany. All right, we are back and I am with Tiffany. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I don't think, well, I did actually have one other professional who is in somewhat of your field, but I think this is, we're going to focus a little bit more on the work-life balance and all that kind of stuff here. So I'm just really excited because I don't think I've had a work-life balance coach or anyone to um, really talk about career and fitting in womanhood and all that kind of fun stuff. So I'm really excited to have you. I am so excited to be here and talk about all of that with you. Awesome. And of course, we're going to relate it to dating and how it can and help. And we're going to talk about breadwinner, women being breadwinner. It's going to be, it's going to be a great conversation. So before we get there, um, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe a little bit of your story of how you um, got to be what you're doing now. Sure. So I am co-founder of Pop and Banter. And what we do at Pop and Banter is empowering career-minded professional women to live their best life. And as part of that, I do coach women. Um, I call them career-minded, as I said. Mm -hmm. So definitely ambitious women who really want to have it all without feeling stressed out because a lot of women feel really stressed out in terms of balancing Mm -hmm. everything on their plate between having a career, having their personal life as well, family, all of those things. Yeah, definitely. And how did you get started uh, doing that? So I, like many people, it was almost like I stumbled into it. So I've been doing that for about two years Mm -hmm. and I was actually doing quite a bit of it concurrently Um, while I was a vice president of sales at a rapid growth technology company, I spent over 12 years working with top media and broadcast companies like Viacom and Hulu and, Mm -hmm. um, ABC on their digital strategy. And I just really saw how difficult it was for women to have it all without feeling stressed out. And so about two years ago, started working on what was then a blog has turned into, podcast, a company that we offer mm-hmm. different things. And that's where I am today. That's so awesome. And so so let's go right into it in terms of the, the work-life balance. Um, what were either, you can speak from yourself or women that you've worked with or, or saw as, as you were um, a vice president, what did you see happen when it came to work-life balance? Like what were people compromising? Where were they maybe overexpending themselves in other areas? So I I personally experienced myself as well mm-hmm. as watching those around me, other women that were just like me and I think who your audience is as well, 
who were really ambitious and that their careers were really important to them. Mm -hmm. And so I can say I spent a lot of time working and I focused mostly on that. And I would say working was really my identity. My career was my identity. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily focus on any other aspect in my life. And so that really left me feeling pretty unbalanced. Yeah. And, you know, things like health or family. And for me, um, those listening may not have families, but for me, being married and then having young kids really made it obvious to me that I wasn't in balance and mm-hmm. I hadn't been for a really long time. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I watched happen in terms of your health, in terms of even taking care of things at your, you know, house or things like that, mm-hmm. you know, errands that you need to run, things that you know you should be doing, um, even laundry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> laundry just as difficult. Yeah. And when you focus just on your career and you don't really think through what your priorities are, I think you can end up really unhappy, which to mm-hmm. me, that's why it matters, yeah. why it matters when you are that unbalanced. Right. So when you were living this imbalanced, were you already married to your husband or were you dating at the time? So it probably started before I was married. Okay. Now, do I completely recognize it? No, because my husband was also working a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we were in a period um, both dating and then when we were married without kids, that that felt okay in mm-hmm. some way mm-hmm. because we felt like we had, that was the time, right? Mm-hmm. That was the time to focus on those things and we would have time later to think about all the other things, right. which isn't really true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still, you know, I had more time then to to think about my health and to make sure that I was going in the right direction even with my career. And I just I didn't focus on any of those things. It was really just more reactive and letting life happen to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm just kind of curious if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But when you were really busy um, and and not in a state of work-life balance, um, did you notice that in your relationship? Like, were were you not connecting as much or were you arguing more? Like, what was that dynamic like? Yeah. I mean, it definitely affects your relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm, I just think that having real quality time is important. And when you don't make that a focus and you don't kind of set boundaries with work, Mm -hmm. just things like looking at your phone all the time because you can get work email, that affects your relationship. And so, no, you don't feel as connected. And I certainly, we've struggled with that over time, even being married, same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't go away once you're married. Right. Um, So I think it's important to at least be clear about what's important to you, Mm -hmm. whether it is a relationship, whether it's taking care of your health, whether it's making sure that you're keeping track of your finances, all of those kinds of things. I think it's good to get really clear about what you're really trying to do and how you want to live your life. Yeah. I I love that. And I think you're getting to something that I, that I teach and that I really love, which is just figuring out like what's important to you and then prioritizing that. Because if you did list all of the things that could potentially make work-life balance, then I feel like it's not really possible, right? Like you can't balance everything, right? 
I completely agree with that. And I think if you look at what somebody else is doing, that may not be the answer for you. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think it's all individual. And so it's great to learn from other people in terms of how to balance things. But what it really comes down to is what is important to you personally. Right. Yeah. So how do you set boundaries with work then? Um, you know, like if your boss asks you to do something or, you know, I haven't worked in the office in a couple of years, so I I don't remember all of the ins and outs of working there, but I mean, I can remember my boss like asked me to do something and I'd have to stay late or, um, come in early the next day, or it would just add load to my work, you know, to my work hours. Um, and it's feel like you can't say no to your boss. Um, or if, you know, the emails and the phone that's attached to you that has your work emails on it, like it seems really hard to set boundaries these days. I think that it is hard and that's why a lot of people do not do it. Yeah. But I think if you are very conscious of making sure that you get the job done and that you're a high performer, which was certainly my goal always, Mm -hmm. you can set those boundaries. You can say on these days, I have to leave by this time. And so if something comes up after now, of course, there are going to be exceptions, Mm -hmm. but, but it should be an exception, not the rule that you just drop everything because we need to honor that we have other commitments outside of work. And so I think if you don't, if you're not in a work environment that honors that, that may be something to think about Mm -hmm. if it's important to you to balance all of those other things. And there Mm -hmm. may be times in your life where that's okay. And then other times where it's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Okay, let's talk about email though, because I feel like email just sucks up people's day. And I feel like sometimes people think that their entire work is just on email. So how do you create boundaries around, around that? Like, do you have any, you know, tips or habits that you like to um, keep in place so that you're just not always checking your phone or feel like you have to respond to an email right away? So I have some tricks, at least on out of work hours for email and your phone turn the email, your work email off on your phone. So I started doing this before I left my corporate job where, Mm -hmm. you know, Friday evening or Saturday morning, I have an iPhone on the iPhone. You can just turn it off. So you're not getting those regular updates Mm -hmm. because if I have it on my phone, I will check it when I look at my phone. Yeah. And if you physically have to turn it back on to check it, which still sometimes I would do that just to make sure that there wasn't anything that I did need to respond to that was urgent. Mm -hmm. That takes effort and you're consciously choosing to do that versus having that mental space where you're constantly seeing things and it may affect the time that you have on the weekend where it's supposed to be a break. It's supposed to be a mental break. You're supposed to have time. That's why there's a weekend because we need a break. (laughs) Right, Right. And so that's one of my tricks. And I, if people can do that or set the expectation that they're going to do that on vacation Mm -hmm. and let people know how to reach them, if they need to be reached, whether that's call me, text me, I'm not going to be checking email or maybe I'm checking it once a day. I was in a pretty senior role. And so it's hard. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily just turn it completely off. You need to be available for some things, but it doesn't mean that you need to take all of that time where you're constantly available. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I really think that takes some time to recharge, makes you a better employee and, and more productive. So do you have some ways uh, to say no? You know, that's maybe 
professional, friendly, um, you know, things like, things like that. One of the things that I think a lot of women struggle with is they want to give all of the information and lots of excuses to back up why they're saying no. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think me, that's so big. <laughs> the best, the best thing that you can do is just say, I can't, I, I have another commitment. I can't stay past five thirty today or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I would start there mm-hmm. because most of the time your boss doesn't need to know why. Yeah. And it's really none of their business because it could be that you have a workout that you have committed that you're going to go to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, I think it's easier for, I think about moms because I had to get to daycare in time and nobody's going to tell me that I should leave my child hanging out. Right. But it's right. just as important to take care of yourself in ways like your workouts or you're going to meet a friend because you really need to have that connection in your life or, you know, something's going on at home or with your family or whatever it is that's important to you, or you have a class that you go to on Friday evenings or whatever it is, is doesn't really matter. And it's not up to somebody else's judgment why that's important to you. Yeah. I love that. And I remember when I was working in an office, I can remember thinking, well, and not even just the women, but just the people with families and which does end up being women for the most part doing the the caretaking role. So they'd have to leave early or stay homesick with a kid or something like that. But I can remember thinking like, well, they, they get to have more flexibility and, or not stay late. And the thing is that they just obviously, like you just said, like prioritize that, you know, picking up their kid uh, from daycare or like not doing it wasn't an option. And we just don't put the same priority on ourselves and our own things that we have to do um, that, you know, it might not be a kid getting left at daycare, but it's still really important for ourselves and our, for our, you know, mental health, emotional health, all those things. So I love that you point that out. Cause I think that's just, it's so true. Yeah. And I think the, the giving all kinds of reasons to me, as I worked my way up in a corporate mm-hmm. environment, you see that more among less experienced people. Yeah. And so I also think it's a way to kind of hold yourself to a you know, at a more senior level to say, I have a commitment. I don't need to tell you X, Y, Z, 500 reasons. You mm-hmm. should trust my judgment that this is what I need to do. And then I will get done what I need to get done. You know, if I am going to my workout and I, obviously you're not necessarily telling them that, but right. you know that you're going to go to the workout. And then if there's something that needs to be done, you'll, you'll get to it afterwards or however you need to get it done, you'll get it done. Right. Um, which is the important piece is I don't think you should leave work hanging. Mm-hmm. I think that you should figure out how to do what you've committed to yourself to do and still work within those kind of boundaries of getting your job done. Yeah. And I think this, the other point that you bring up is really good with not feeling like you have to explain yourself because even outside of the work environment, and this is just something that I've noticed for the date yourself community. So people listening can see if it relates to them, but um, even if it's like turning a, a guy down or, or, um, not wanting to go on a certain date or whatever it is, like, it's just like this constant need to explain ourselves like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't want to do this or I don't know. Like, I feel like I should like him and they have, to, yeah, just, you don't have to explain yourself. You just make a decision and then boom, that's, that's it. And it can be really freeing when you, and empowering too, when you decide that you're just gonna, you know, decide things and not answer I mean, not, not to be rebellious, but just to like, yep, that's, that's what I'm doing. And you know, so be it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the 
good times to do that or things like if you switch a job or it's a new relationship mm-hmm. because you're setting the expectation that you're mm-hmm. not going to over-explain yourself and they're not going to expect that same level. So yeah. if you've over-explained yourself a bunch of times, like I'm going to a doctor's appointment at 2.30 because of X, Y, Z and I had to go, but I tried to make it at the end of the day or the beginning of the day and it didn't work and I'll get my stuff done. And then yeah. you suddenly say, I have an appointment. people may ask. And so I think you can still certainly do that and shift what your reaction or how you explain yourself, but it's Mm -hmm. a good time when it's a new relationship. It's either with, with your boss or coworkers or things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if it's a dating relationship, I think it's similar. I know it's the exact same thing. I think, I mean, all relationships are it's it's funny because I'll really how we do one thing is how we do everything I believe and so I think a lot of things that we can learn about workplace relationships are totally applicable to dating and and vice versa because um, it's the same thing for dating and and being in a new relationship it I mean you can think of it at least for women listening who it's happened to you like a guy is being a certain way and you really like it at first and then he kind of like it dies away like whatever he was doing whether it was like the good morning text or whatever and then we start like. <laughs> And then like, you know, shit starts hitting the fan and it can be, it's, it's the same way, the reverse. Like we have to set the expectations of how we expect to be treated right off the bat. Otherwise, um, you know, it's, it's setting the norm of, you know, not treating you how you want to be treated. Right. Um, so because this podcast is going to air around the new year and maybe, women listening want to set some boundaries around work, maybe that's a New Year's resolution, or just maybe being more productive or maintaining a better work-life balance. Like, what are some, um, I don't know, some steps or um, tangible things that they can start doing, implementing, you know, January 1 or, you know, whenever the next workday is after that? Sure. So I think the very first thing that we touched on a little bit is just to get clear on what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And because... People will talk about different things like it could be, well, I feel like I'm really out of balance and I'm only focused on work. I don't have time for anything, but everyone's life looks different. And so it's important to know, like, is it I want to have my mornings to work out? And so I need to make sure that I am getting things done in the evening so that I leave myself time to get ready and to work out and all of those things. Or is it something else? Mm -hmm. So I think you have to get clear on what's important to you in order to get to what I would say the next step is, is to kind of prioritize those things. And one of the key things for me is always setting goals. Mm -hmm. And one of the key, the really important things people forget about is coming up with an action plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think there's a lot of setting a new year's resolution for things and they're just so general and yeah. you don't come up with how you're actually going to get there. And yeah, so totally agree. thinking about what exactly are you going to do and what are you going to try? Because a lot of times the first thing that you try is not going to be the thing that works. And I think a lot of times you just give up. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, I said I was going to do, you know, three workouts a week and I've done one and none of this is working and you forget about it and you just mm-hmm. give up. And so I think it's important to be open to trying some different things. If you're really committed to that, come up with some different ideas for what you're going to try. Yeah. And so 
so that you're not that person at the end of January who is no longer going to the gym and still paying for it. Right. Right. Um, so those types of things I think is important to really come up with what, what your action plan is to make some of those shifts, whether Mm -hmm. it's time management or anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I heard, um, I don't remember where I read this, some, some blog online, but like just the iron, I don't know if irony is the right word, but the, you know, someone says like, my goal is to run five days a week and they don't get to five days a week or whatever. And so then instead of like maybe just doing two or three days a week, they're just like, oh, I couldn't do it. And so they just do nothing. (laughs) But it's like so much better just even if just going to run one day a week, that's so much better than not running at all. Um, And I just find that when we set goals, especially as it relates to our lifestyle design, because sometimes at least for me, I can get into a rhythm where I am like living literally my schedule reflects like what I want to be doing every day and my values. And it's just like, you know, on cloud nine or something. And then like something trips me up, like I got to take my car in or mm-hmm. um, I had to be on hold today for like an hour waiting to get on, on Obamacare. Like, <laughs> like those things like trip me up. And then like my, just my day gets away. And instead of like, okay, so my morning was a little off. I can still make me after like, I don't know. It's even, it's even hard for me, but um just being aware of it, I think helps me to kind of get back onto, onto my, into my groove. Um, but I think without that awareness, I think we just end up being in this all or nothing mindset and then like, Oh, couldn't do it. And just don't do it at all rather than working with what the goal and the action plan was. Right. And we don't plan for failure or mm-hmm. what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's another piece that we don't usually think through. And it's a big piece of being successful. Yeah. It's things like, well, what happens if I miss a workout? What am I going to do? Am I going to just, okay, ne- tomorrow I'm going to go or I'm going to make up that time mm-hmm. or I'm going to, if I don't make it to that workout class, I'm going to do a YouTube workout instead. Yeah. It's all of those kind of contingency plans. Like for me, yeah. I struggle with working out regularly. Probably why all of my examples are that because <laughs> I think about it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's, I get, thrown off. Just like you said, I may be really good about regularly exercising. I'm liking what I'm doing. I fit it in. I figured it all out. And then Mm -hmm. I get sick and I, you know, a week later I'm like, ah, I still don't feel that good or, you know, whatever happens and you get thrown off track. And so those are some of the things that I know I have been thinking about going into a new year where you're always trying to think about what you want the year to look like is how can I manage through those things? What could I do differently to actually Mm -hmm. be successful? Yeah. I love that. And for those listening who are thinking about, you know, what you want your daily or weekly schedules to look like, um, this is also a great way to create boundaries around the men that you're, you're dating because let's say Mondays is like your workout day or day to grocery shop and batch cook or whatever. Um, then, you know, you're not going to spend time with the guy that you're dating on Monday night. Like that's creating some of that separation, that, that bear or that boundary saying like, I can't do Monday, but I would love to do Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, you have those nights open. So, um, for, so I just wanted to add that in for, for people listening. And the other thing I wanted to say is you can totally add in even, you know, a lot of times you hear for married couples or people in relationships, you should always schedule date nights or even like sex times or whatever. And I think you can do something very similar for dating. So schedule nights where you can, that's kind of designated for you to go out and at least you can keep it flexible. So if like one week, like Tuesday's crazy, but Thursday's free, then, you know, you can, you can do that. But even having scheduling that time for dates, um, just helps with, um, I think filling those nights with dates. Um, but 
But it also, if you don't have a date that week, it's a great time then to go on a date with yourself or to have some self-care. Um, so sorry, I just wanted to, to plug that in, Tiffany. <laughs> no, I for, love that too. The If you don't have a date, you have a date with yourself. I would yeah. like to have a date with myself as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, that's what, that's what we do around here on Date Yourself Radio. But um, yeah, because a lot of my clients, like it, it actually makes them a little bit nervous to actually, you know, book Tuesday nights, let's say, as their date night, because A, it kind of puts the pressure, not the pressure, but so much, but it's more of like the, oh, whoa, like what am I going to actually do to fill that night with a date? Um, so that happens. And if there's no date, then you just get to have a date with yourself. And that's awesome. And you can have a great night that way. Um, but I just think creating space, which I think is kind of what you're getting at, Tiffany, is just um, creating space for what you want in your life. Um, and yeah. Then- and I, right. And I think what you were talking about is exactly kind of what I do. You have to mm-hmm. schedule it. Yeah. You have to be really conscious about it because it's very easy to be reactive. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. to what anything else is going on, to what work is and those types of things. So you have to hold space for yourself for dating. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's a whole other thing that, you know, if that's your life right now, you need space for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny when, when people tell me like, I don't have time to date and I'm like, but they want a relationship or they want kids. I'm like, Okay, I promise you a relationship and definitely kids is a lot more time than, you know, having one or two nights that you go out and to go on dates. <laughs> so it's it's just really a matter of like, okay, like what is important to you? Like if if dating isn't important to you right now, like that's totally fine. Like I'm not here to say everyone should be dating and, you know, that should be their number one focus. But if it's their priority, then you definitely have to schedule. And if it's not, then like that's fine. You just fill your your schedule with other things. But I think it's um I don't know if it was Marie Forleo. I think it was Marie Forleo that said, if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. And I just think that's so true. Like if it's not in your calendar, it doesn't exist. And if it's in your calendar, that is a boundary that you, that, that's your job to honor with, whether it's with work or with dating and men or even friends with yourself, things like that. Yeah. And I think the, I don't have time because of X. I try and stop myself from even saying those mm. words Yeah, because it's really the story that you're telling yourself yes. because you could make time. Yeah. It's just, you're choosing to prioritize other things. I totally and so agree. Like, that goes back to what you were saying, right? Is it really yeah. important to you or not? Yeah. Because when you're saying those words and I've certainly said them, I have young kids at home. I love to use them as an excuse <laughs> and sure, you know, that makes it more difficult for some things, but it doesn't make it impossible. Right. Lots of people are doing all the different things that I would love to give an excuse for them. And so it is one of those that if, if you're saying I don't have time for, I would rethink that statement and reword it maybe and say, I'm choosing not to prioritize X. Yeah. I do the same. I actually do the same thing with money too, rather than saying that's too expensive. I say, I'm choosing not to spend my money on that. Um, it just, it's just a reframe and yeah. And, and it, and it gives you the power back because otherwise you just feel like you're a victim to time and there's nothing you can do and you have no control, but just saying like, no, I don't like, I'm choosing not to spend my time there. Then it gives you, it gives you the power, um, back without, you know, feeling like you're a victim to time or your schedule or, or, or whatnot. Um, so I want to switch gears a little because I think another really big topic that comes up for the to yourself community. Um, well, first, I'm just really curious to hear about your experience being a um, the breadwinner for your family. 
Um, I definitely want to talk about that. And then, and then kind of the, I guess the other side of the coin for, for that conversation is, you know, I think a lot of women in the date yourself community are very nervous or believe that they intimidate men because of their career success or financial success. So let's start first just with your experience about being the breadwinner for your family. Sure. So my career has always been really important to me. And I would say over time, just the industry that I chose pays fairly well. I moved Mm -hmm. up. And so while that may not have been, it certainly wasn't something I thought, I really want to be the breadwinner of my family. It wasn't Mm -hmm. by design. Right. Um, But it happened anyway. And so, and my husband works. It's not as if you know, he stays home with the kids. Okay. So he's not a stay at home dad. Mm -mm, He's not. So we're a dual income family. And I don't know if that's more or less difficult than if he did, but it's a lot, it's a lot to manage. And I think it, it does introduce some different dynamics because that's not the traditional gender roles that are played. And so it was one of those things that I was, so thankful that I had, I guess, chosen a husband that has very kind of modern thoughts about that Mm -hmm. and was okay with that and felt, I guess, strong enough in his own manhood that that didn't, that didn't reflect badly on him or poorly on him. Mm -hmm. So he's always been a big supporter. And I would say my job, certainly at a certain, at a point for us, having kids, it was tough because you really have to make some choices about how you're prioritizing time, who's going to leave, you know, when a child is sick or how you're going to, at certain points, it can't be both of you who are really pushing on your careers. Even though we tried to do that for a really long time, there are times that you have to kind of say, okay, it's your turn. Okay. It's my turn. Mm. Um, and so I think it presents a challenge in there because if, if a lot of the money that's supporting you is coming from, one person versus the other, that's a tough decision to make in terms of how to handle those things. Yeah. But it's all, it all goes down to communication. Right. Um, right. So, so let me communicate about it a lot in terms of how, how we feel about it and how we're handling it. Let me, I want to break this down a little bit. So your whole relationship, were you always the breadwinner or? No. Okay. So he was originally the breadwinner. I would say we were more equal. Equal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were more equal at the beginning. And so even when you first started then um increasing your income significantly more than him, you know, he never felt threatened or the dynamics like what shifted in the dynamics? I wouldn't say I felt it in that way. Mm-hmm. So if he felt that way, he certainly never expressed it. Sure. And I think part of that was because he knew that my career was extremely important. I'm mm-hmm. a really driven person. It's mm-hmm. I'm just one of those very type A <laughs> people. And so I think, you know, even going into dating, he knew that. He knew that that's who I was and that those things were important to me. And so some of it is like the money just – it isn't necessarily a recognition of your hard work. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I – learned in that process. My husband's a very hard worker. He's very successful. He just is in a different industry than I was. And so the money wasn't the same. Right. Did you continue making joint financial decisions or did that go from him to you or were you doing it the whole time? We, 
always had joint decisions. Okay. And I think that that's really important. And it's something to think about, I would say, in a relationship like that, because I think it would have been more difficult if one or the other of us was taking control, particularly if it was me, mm-hmm. because I don't think that one person should have that much power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was an important thing is that it's still us. And obviously I'm married to so it. The way we handle money is it's our money and we mm-hmm. make the decisions. It isn't about, you know, I get to do all these things because it's my money. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone feels the same way in relationships about that. Mm-hmm. But for our dynamic, I think that it was important because it wasn't about who was working harder, who was more successful. It was really just about the logistics of how the money came in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds, that sounds really, um, they're really smart. Um, so let me ask you this. Is your, is your husband type A and as success and goal oriented as you are? He is not as type A as me. And I'm (laughs) thankful for that. (laughs) He definitely is my compliment. So mm. he is the one who kind of slows me down sometimes. Yeah. Which is needed when you're somebody like I am where I'm like, okay, we have to do this and this and this and, you know, all of those things. And so, um, you know, I want to move really quickly. And so he is the person who slows me down, even in making decisions, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, let's wait. Let's, you know, really evaluate things if you're making a big decision Mm-hmm. In life or even a purchasing decision, I just want to move really quickly and he's the one who thinks it through. So I think that is a, it's a nice dynamic to have when you have somebody who compliments you really well. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's really funny because I think pretty much everyone that I dated before Stevie, Stevie, I mean, we're engaged now. Um, Good, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so before him, pretty much everyone that I dated was super, super type A and I'm pretty type A too. And I was just, you know, then I was just looking for people who were like me because I thought we would get along and that would be Mm -hmm. a good relationship. Um, except that I don't know if I realized at the time, but definitely looking back, it's pretty obvious to me that, uh, two type A's dating, I don't know, maybe there's like a special balance that would make it (laughs) work really well. (laughs) But I just felt like we were constantly like butting heads and, um, I don't know, like repelling off each other, but not in a good way or anything. And Stevie is interesting because while he, he's definitely like, I don't know, it's, it's different because he has more of like a quiet ambition. Like he's definitely mm-hmm. not goal oriented or success. I'm like, I'm constantly like thinking of another goal to reach or, you know, dreaming up something. And he's just more taking it more methodical. I mean, he's an engineer, so he just like sits and like, I don't know, does numbers and designs and <laughs> Yeah, my husband's an architect, so I totally oh, get that. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very similar. So um I know you have some thoughts to share about because a lot of women I think in the date yourself community are um you know very successful, like, you know, either of us, um, career wise. And whether it's just like the stature of the job, like having your own business, or even the financial uh like if 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 you have if you um you know make a lot of money, I think there's a big fear that um, us type of women intimidate men. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what are your thoughts and have you seen that, um, you know, through your experience? So I think it depends on who the man is. And so if you're intimidating a man, that's, I don't, to me, that's not a good sign. Yeah. I, I, and I certainly wasn't 
thinking as forward as I probably should have been when I was dating Mm -hmm. before, you know, I was married. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's one of the things that becomes so much more important to me now, especially when you are married and then have kids, Mm -hmm. having a partner, particularly if your career is really important to you Mm -hmm. is having a partner who's supportive of that and is willing to be your equal partner. And I didn't really, you know, I just wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't think it through that much, but I think it's a huge, huge thing later on too, Mm -hmm. is making sure that you have that person. Because if you have somebody who's already intimidated by you now, Mm -hmm. that probably is not going to lead down a good path later when there's so many more things to negotiate in terms of your relationship and how you're handling things in your life. And so I, if I were to go back and give my own self advice, I probably would say, look for someone who has pretty modern ideals about partnerships and marriage Mm -hmm. and how you're handling even the things like, you know, cooking and all of those things. It's easy to get into traditional roles. And so I think if you have somebody who's, who feels strongly that, you know, both men and women can have careers and you're not expected to stay at home when you have kids and things like that, or that they have seen that modeled in their own family, maybe Mm -hmm. that would be what I would be looking for. Yeah, definitely having those conversations, but you kind of brought up something that was kind of interesting how you said when you're dating, like it wasn't really something you thought much about, like whether or not you were um, intimidating men and there's a quote, Tony Robbins says um, it's, what does he say? It's where the energy or where the attention goes, the energy flows. Mm -hmm. And so I just find a lot of women who are afraid they are attracting men who find them intimidating or like anything or whatever their pattern is, like attracting men who, um, are, you know, are, are alcoholics or cheaters or, or whatever, um, or only one sex. It's just, I think that we tend to attract those things into our life when we're just constantly thinking about it. Cause I feel like we're just mm-hmm. thinking about it so much. Like that's just what we see when we're, when we're dating. And, and then we just make certain actions mean a certain thing. Usually this is a story of, um, men are, uh, intimidated by me or, or whatever. So I, I think that's actually kind of interesting that it, you didn't really think much about it. And that was never an issue for you when you were dating. Um, I just wanted to, to point that out there. Yeah. I think that it, that completely makes sense because it's, it's just like, uh, if you do the experiment where you say, okay, uh, close your eyes and then, okay. How many blue things did you see in a room? how many red things. And it's like, whatever you were focused on is what you saw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, it's probably very similar in that way. It's like, you're, you're making your own story about what is happening and you're just looking for confirmation of those things. Right. So it's, it's kind of also like another funny example. Um, so I'm also a yoga teacher and I want to, when I went through yoga teacher training, my teacher taught us to never say the words like stress or tension. Um, you know, you can talk about like still relaxing, but you're not saying like, let the stress melt away or, you know, notice the stress and falling away. Cause even you're trying to help them. Um, it's kind of like saying like, okay, no matter what you do, don't think about the word apple for the next minute. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you're going to be going apple, 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 apple. <laughs> like that's what your mind's going to do. And it was kind of the same thing, like with even just not using the word stress or tension or whatever as a yoga teacher, 
Uh, I think it's the same thing when, when we're dating, like if it's, and I think there's definitely, you know, some, some more, some deeper things that could definitely be going on that I work on with my clients. But I think that when we just focus on it, like that's just all we see and that's all that, you know, comes at us. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's going to be really helpful and hopefully inspiring for, for successful women listening who just think they intimidate men. Um, cause you don't, and if you do, they definitely weren't going to be the right match. Yeah. They're anyways. not worth it. <laughs> Find somebody who's strong and yeah. isn't intimidated by you. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, some people are going to want to have that man that takes care of them financially and that's going to be like, and that'll be, that'll be a great match. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person or whatever. It just means they weren't the right ones. So I'm kind of curious, um, what books are you reading right now? So I'm a big reader Okay. <laughs> and, um, right now I'm reading a book that is coming out January 10th. So I'm reading an advanced copy, but oh, hopefully cool. it will be, um, out shortly around the time that this episode goes, but it's called chasing slow by Erin Lochner. And she's the, the design for mankind website. If you've ever seen that, but oh, cool. it is called courage to journey off the beaten path. And I would say I'm reading that one. I'm reading grace, not perfection by Emily lay. And then the other one I'm reading, cause like I said, I love books is deep work by Cal Newport. And they all have kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. it's all about kind of being really intentional about what your life should be or what you want it to be and letting the other things kind of fall away. Um, even deep work talks a lot about making sure you have focused time to create things. If you want to create things, whether it's writing or art or anything else is unplugging and Mm. setting aside that time for yourself because things like your phone are really disrupting that. Yeah. And your phone, social media, all those kinds of things that are so addicting and we're all really connected to them really kind of impact to me it impacts my my kind of even mental wellness yeah in terms I, of how I feel about being intentional about my day and how things mm, are going yeah so it's something I've been thinking a lot about and um I'm not I'm kind of reading all of them at the same time but <laughs> each of them kind of have that theme to them nice I I love that I I tend to do the same thing like I have a bad habit of starting books and getting really into it and then I don't know, like the weekend happens or something gets busy and I don't finish it. Um, yeah. And then or I go I, to the next I book. I drop it to the next one that, you know, catches my eye and I say, oh, I want to read that one too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's problematic. But um, yeah. And when's your favorite time of day to read? I like to read at night. Mm, so I read before bed and that does get me in trouble sometimes because then I, if it's a really good book, I don't want to put it down and go to sleep when I really should. Yeah. But it's one time that's really quiet in my house because I have young kids. Once they're in bed, then mm-hmm. I have some quiet time where nobody's going to interrupt me mm-hmm. um, while I'm reading because that's even worse. It's like when you're <laughs> reading and somebody interrupts you and you yeah. have no idea what you just read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, I usually read in the morning. Um, Stevie... I like to read in bed, but Stevie wants the lamp off and I don't want, I don't like reading by like a flashlight, like, a, no. like I'm 10. <laughs> so, and then like, and then I'll go into the living room and read. And then I feel like, well, let's just go to sleep. Like Stevie's asleep. 
I don't know. It was just like this whole like internal battle. So I'm just going to read the mornings because Stevie gets up early. So he's gone out of the house. So I just, I read, um, you know, right before I start working for like 30 or 45 minutes every day. I think that's a nice way to start your day. Yeah, it is a nice time. It, it is. It's, it's really the only time where my, I feel like also my mind is still enough where I can really focus on, on reading. Um, and then I read some more over the weekends, but you know, on work days, that's when I like to do it. Um, so awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I think this is going to be really helpful for everyone listening, especially as they think about what they want their 2017 to look like. So there's a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. So the, the second to last one, I guess, is um, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? I ask this to all my guests. So I recently started taking baths. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hadn't done that in a long time, but I have on, I've been doing it like on a Saturday evening, which I'm more of the homebody. So yeah, that works for me. I'm not yeah. out partying. Yeah. Um, but you know, I have used that as time to read a magazine or a book and have some music on. And it's almost like going, you know, to a spa or something, yeah. which I don't really do. And probably none of us do as often yeah. as we could use it. Yeah. And so that's actually the way that I've been treating myself recently. That's awesome. Do you, do you have like a soaker tub in your bathroom? I have a large tub. I okay. do. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm like not sold on the bath thing. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Every time I get into a bath, I just get really hot and then I just want to get out in like two minutes. <laughs> Maybe you're just making it too hot. <laughs> I might be making it too hot. I also think that we live in a old apartment building. We're moving soon. Um, cause our building's getting sold and we'll have a newer place, but like the bathtub is also just, it just looks old. Like it doesn't feel the way I want yeah, a bath to uh-uh. feel. So I think that's my problem. <laughs> that wouldn't be a treat. And I um, definitely have gone through that over yeah, time and moving yeah. to different places where, you don't want to sit in the bathtub. It yeah. just doesn't look clean, yeah. even yeah. if it is and it's just old. Right. Like I scrubbed it like it's clean, but it's just old. So it doesn't look, you know, super clean. So that's not, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that for you. That would yeah. not be relaxing. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait until we get to a new place. Um, so, okay. So if people want to learn more about you or work more on work-life balance, all that kind of fun stuff, where can they find you? What's the best place? They can find me at pop, P-O-P, and banter, B-A-N-T-R, dot okay. com. Awesome. We will put that in the um, show notes and any social media channels you're hanging out on. Oh, yes. So I'm on Facebook, pop and banter. I'm on Instagram, pop and banter, and Twitter. Awesome. <laughs> Same pop and banter, so it's Sweet. really easy. Awesome. We'll add all of those to the show notes. So if people want to connect with you that way, they can do that as well. Um, so thank you so much again for coming on to the show today. This was so great and I think so helpful and timely for the new year as we get started. Thanks for having me on. And I'm going to go date myself because I think <laughs> I need that now. Awesome. Yep. Me too. <laughs> thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. 
You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.